Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. And start getting connected. You'd be amazed how it will change your life. Thank you again, Sabrina. We appreciate you. Amen. And we appreciate all you do as well. Amen. We're continuing our series this morning, Get Rooted, and today's message is Grow Through Prayer and Bible Study. If you'll turn with me to Jeremiah 17, we're going to read verses 7 and 8 in just a moment. But I wanted to uh, open up by asking you a question. Have you ever noticed how easy it is for weeds to just grow and overtake your lawn? I mean, you don't have to do anything to make them grow, right? They just seem to appear out of nowhere, and they grow a lot faster than your grass. And, 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 and they begin to compete for water and sucking up the nutrients out of the soil. And then they begin to choke out the good grass. And all you'll have end up, if you don't do something, you'll have a lawn full of weeds. But to conquer the weeds and grow a healthy lawn, you need to uh, use weed killer and you need to fertilize your lawn regularly. I use bonus S weed and feed for our southern grass. And, and once you use a broadcast spreader and water it in, a few days later, you begin to see the weeds start to, to shrivel and die. And then uh, a few weeks later, the, the, the weeds shrivel immediately. Uh, the w- a few weeks later, you start to see the lawn coming back, the grass growing stronger and, and, and flourishing. But you know what? You can't just uh, uh, use fertilizer and, and, and weed killer once in a while, right? It's something you have to do on a regular basis. It's a consistent battle. And it takes work. And to be honest with the heat that we've had down here, I don't always fertilize as often as I should. And if you don't keep up with it, the weeds will quickly come back and take over your once beautiful lawn. And as a preacher, I tend to see spiritual truths in everyday events. And what this spoke to me is just as it takes work to maintain a vibrant and healthy lawn, It takes work to maintain a vibrant and healthy spiritual life as well. Without proper spiritual maintenance, the weeds of sin, worldly thinking, doubt, and unbelief will always work their way back in. Amen? What we need is spiritual fertilizer to help grow deep and healthy roots without the hindrance of unwanted dysfunction and brokenness. The Bible tells us that we all need deep roots in God and his word to flourish in this life. Read with me, if you will, Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Translation. The scripture says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Now, God is not talking about actual trees. He's talking about people. He's talking about our spiritual life. Amen? We need to make sure that we're putting down deep roots in God and his word so that we can grow and thrive spiritually, so that we can stand strong in times of difficulty. Notice that in times of heat and drought, God said these trees, they continue to grow because they have deep roots roots and they continue to produce fruit and if we have deep roots in God we can produce the fruit of a life pleasing to God a life that glorifies him and fulfills his purpose 
and we can produce fruit in all seasons of life, even when we're going through stuff. You know, the first inclination is we start going through stuff. We say, oh, I can't do ministry anymore. I got to take some time off. But you know what? When you got deep roots... You have the strength, you have the peace, you have the joy, you have the hope to continue to minister even through those dark times. Many of you know I've gone through uh, some dark times. Last year, I, I, I was taking care of my mom in hospice and she eventually became paralyzed from the neck down. But you know what? I didn't miss a Sunday. I didn't miss a Wednesday night. I still prayed for people. I still preached. I still counseled. Amen. And we still saw people getting saved. We still saw people getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because God is that inner source. God is that river of living water. God is that strength that flows through us. Amen. And the Bible offers us simple practices that can help us live the vibrant and flourishing life that God wants for us. And two of these spiritual practices that, that will enable us to thrive. We looked at two last week, and I encourage you, if you missed that message, go back and listen to that message. We're going to looking at, look at two more spiritual practices that will help us to thrive by, and keep us closely connected to God. And those two practices are prayer and Bible study. So first, prayer gives us peace, even in the midst of trials. Because notice this passage in Jeremiah points out the adverse circumstances, right? Heat, and drought. That's talking about difficult circumstances. It's talking about the trials of our life. But when we have put down deep roots of prayer, it'll give us peace even in the midst of trials. And putting down deep roots in prayer helps us to withstand the storms of life. A deep root system serves as an anchor for the tree, enabling it to stand and weather the storms without toppling. I'm always amazed when I see videos of hurricanes, as we frequently see here in South Florida, and, and the pictures that they often show on the news are the palm trees along the coastline, right? And you see the wind of the hurricane 100 miles an hour, 150 miles an hour, bat just battering these trees, right? And the, the palm fronds, they're all heading in one direction, indicating where the wind is blowing. And, and, the, and the, the trunk of the palm tree actually bends. Have you ever seen it? But you know, amazingly, they stay standing. They don't break and they don't get uprooted. And so, you know, I, I have a very inquisitive mind and so I researched how come these palm trees are able to withstand hurricane force winds. And one article that I read said it's because palms have a very dense root system. Some of the roots are, uh, some of the large roots uh, go deep down in the soil, almost as tall as the tree, and they serve as an anchor for the tree. And then they have a dense, smaller root system that spreads out very wide that enables it to, to um, just really get traction to hold fast when the winds are battering the tree. And that's what keeps them standing in the worst of conditions. And folks, that's what prayer does for us as well. One of the reasons that we sometimes find ourselves stagnant or discouraged because of the stresses and trials of life that we experience is because we don't have that root system of prayer. 
And whatever those storms of life might be, it could be conflict in our own family, financial pressure, sickness, disease, in addition to the stresses that we have of living in this world where we see you know, the wars and the mass shootings and, and, and the crime and the overstimulation of social media. All of this adds to anxiety and stress in our life. And, and all of that is like the relentless hammering winds of the hurricane that affect us. And they can leave us feeling anxious, depressed and overwhelmed. But we do not have to allow the winds of stress, anxiety, and depression, the winds of the life storms and trials to crush us or break us because God has provided supernatural help for us. One of my favorite passages of scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead... Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. So what does prayer do for you? It enables you to experience God's peace. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Why does it exceed what we can understand? Because here you are being hammered by the storms of life, and yet you're at peace. And people will look at you and say, how is it that you have such peace? They can't understand it. But it's the presence of God in your life. A peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So God tells us you don't have to worry about anything. And he invites us to pray about everything that worries us, that stresses us out, that troubles us, whether it's big or small. Everything includes everything. Amen? We don't have to save prayer just for the big life-threatening issues of life. We can pray about everything that troubles us. And if we will turn every worry into a prayer, we can experience God's peace. Turn to your neighbor and say, turn every worry into prayer. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, turn every worry into prayer. Amen? Because when we do that, we can experience God's peace. No matter how much we worry, folks, I have news for you. Your worry will not change anything. But prayer can change everything. When we pray, we are talking to the God who is all-powerful, and there is nothing that he cannot do. Amen? We have no control over anything, but when we pray, we are calling on the one who is in control. His throne is above every throne. Amen? Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. When we pray, we are turning the problem or situation over to the hands of God, and we know that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. We know that with God there is nothing impossible. We know that with God he is the only wise God. So he knows the best answer. He knows the best solution. Amen. We know that he is a good God. And that he's working in all things for our good. And we know that he is perfect in all of his ways. And so when we pray we can say God I give it to you. I trust you with my life and thank you for your peace hallelujah when we pray we're saying God I release things this thing that is worrying me that is troubling my soul 
and I give it into your hands. I surrender it to your control, and I trust that you will do what is best. Prayer enables us to let go what worries or makes us anxious and trust God to do what only he can do. And when we do that, we experience his peace, which passes all understanding. But I know that there are some who feel intimidated when it comes to prayer. There's one lady that um, she's always asking, it's a, a, an extended family member, always asking me for prayer. She doesn't really have, you know, a full knowledge of God and relationship with the Lord comes from a Catholic background. So she's always messaging me, please pray for this, please pray for that. And I'll tell her, you know what? You have the same access to God that I have. And she's like, no, 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 no. You have a special connection with God, special connection. No. We all have the same access to the throne of God through the blood of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says we can all come confidently before his throne expecting that he will help us in our time of need. Amen. We all have the same accents. But sometimes we feel, especially when we are new to the Lord, we feel intimidated when it comes to prayer. We feel like, you know, I'm not holy enough or, oh, you know what? I don't have the right words. Well, you know what? Prayer is simply talking to God. Many people feel, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. God is not concerned about the words that you use. Prayer is not complicated. It's not difficult. It's just having a conversation with God. You know, children can teach us a lot about prayer. In fact, remember the time that the disciples wanted to send the children away, and instead Jesus took one and put them in their midst, and he said, you know what? We need to come to God like one of these children. So we can learn a lot from children, and they seem to find it easy to talk to God about anything. I once read an article titled Letters to God, and it had some excerpts of prayer that children had written to God. And I want to share some of those with you. The first child said, Dear God, I didn't think orange went with purple until I saw the sunset you painted on Tuesday. That was so cool, God. So simple, just having a conversation with God, amen? Another child wrote, God, if you watch me on church on Sunday, I'll show you my new shoes. Another child said, I bet it's very hard to love everyone in the whole world, God. There are only four people in our family, and I'm having a hard time loving all of them. <laughs> I think we can probably identify with that child and that prayer. Amen. <laughs> Another kid said, thank you for the baby brother, God. But I think you got my prayer confused. I was just asking for a puppy. And here's a sweet prayer from a child that understands that prayer is about relationship with God. She wrote, I think about you sometimes, God, even when I'm not praying. Isn't that beautiful? And the last one I want to share with you. This child said, please help me in school, God. I need help in a few areas, spelling, adding, history, geography, and writing. I don't need help in anything else. What else is there? It's covered it all. And sometimes that's the way our prayers are. I need help in every area. But you know, just to read those things and see the sincerity and simplicity 
of talking to God about anything and everything that is on their heart. And that's what prayer is all about. Amen. Jesus taught that we need to humble ourselves and come to him like a little child. He wants us to come to him in that simplicity and sincerity of heart. That you know what? You're my father and I can talk to you about anything. Anything. And he wants us to come to him with the confidence of a child that he will hear us, that he is listening. So folks, I want you to get this in your spirit. Prayer is really simple. It's about relationship with God. God invites us to speak to him just like a child would speak to their father or a friend would talk to a friend. Prayer is just honest conversation with God honest conversation. That's why I love prayer so much, because you don't, you don't have to put on any airs with God. You don't have to have the right words. You know, you, 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 don't, you don't have to put up any kind of front with God. You can just come to him as you are and unburden your heart before him. Amen. Through prayer, we can talk to God about whatever is in our heart. We thank him for the good things, just like the child standing in awe of the orange and purple sunset that God painted and saying, wow, God, that was cool. Thank you for that. And, and through prayer, we can humbly admit to God that we're in need of his help, just like the child that wanted help in math and geography and writing in every area. <laughs> and sometimes we say, God, I just need an overhaul every area of my life. And we just come to God in prayer and we confess, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I need your help. And as one person shared, be honest with God about how you feel. He already knows and he's not going to be disappointed. He just wants you to talk to him. Sometimes my prayers are, Lord, I don't know why, but I just feel discouraged today. Just please help me to pray. You know? And, and this is humbling myself before the Lord, realizing that I need him. When we talk to God daily about everything, we are putting down deep roots of faith that will keep us from being overtaken and shaken by the stresses and uncertainties of life in this world. Praying about everything also prevents the weeds of worry and doubt and unbelief from taking over our lives. So the first discipline that will help us to grow deep roots is by having a regular prayer life a regular time where we talk to God about everything that's going on in our life. But a second discipline that we want to talk about, a spiritual discipline that helps us to grow deep roots, is studying the Bible. Bible study gives us wisdom for life. It gives us guidance in all of life's choices. Amen. It strengthens our faith. It, it blesses us in so many ways. And, and so we need to have a regular time of being in God's word every day in our life. The Bible is God's gift to us to teach us how to live our lives with wisdom because wisdom leads to a fulfilling, meaningful, purposeful, joy-filled life. And the people of the Bible are examples that teach us what to do and at times what not to do. They're examples to us because, you know, God just gave us the raw truth in the Bible. He showed us their accomplishments as well as their failures. 
and there's something that can speak to every one of us in everything that we're going through. The pages of the Bible also renew our mind from sinful and worldly ways of thinking. The, the word in the scripture teaches us godly beliefs. It gives us a godly worldview, how to see through the lens of the truth of God's word and interpret all of the events of life. It establishes in us godly values and godly priorities that help us to make wise, God-honoring choices and decisions because when our lives please the Lord, we experience his blessing. Hebrews 4.12 tells us why such an ancient book written thousands of years ago can still have such a powerful impact on our lives today. Reading from Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's not some dusty, stale history book that was written 2,000 years ago. It's alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Folks, the Bible is not like any other Bible, like any other book, excuse me. It, it, it was not written by mere humans. It was God-breathed. He inspired those who wrote by his Holy Spirit. He gave them the very words to write down. It was, it was, they were mainly, merely an instrument through which God was revealing himself, through which God was speaking. So the Bible is God speaking to us. The Bible is God revealing himself. It's God saying to us, this is who I am. Come and know me. It, it is God saying, this is my will for your life. Walk in it and you will find fulfillment. You will find joy. You will find peace. You will find the abundant life. The Bible is alive because as we read it, we still hear God speaking to us through its words. As we read it in faith, it, it, its words will often jump off of the page to us giving us answers for the deepest questions of our heart, comforting, comforting our troubled soul, convicting us of sin, That's right. even those that are hidden deep within. And they, the word of God strengthens our faith. The word of God guides us for every situation we face, and it inspires hope in every generation. The word of God still applies to us today. It is still relevant as if it had been written today. It is always fresh to everyone who reads it of any generation. The word of God is never outdated. Its truths are timeless and true. 1 Peter 1.25 says, The word of the Lord endures forever. And it is living because it conveys spiritual life to us. It conveys the life of God to us. And not only is it living, it's still relevant and speaking to us today, but it is all powerful. That word when it says alive and powerful, the, he, the Greek word for powerful is energes, from which we get our English word energy but the actual meaning is that it is at work it is working so the word of God is living and it is working 
Amen? When we hear or read the word of God in faith, it immediately goes to work in our lives and it begins to transform us, making us who God is calling us to be. Christian author and minister Charles Swindle writes, news articles may inform us, novels may inspire us, poetry may enrapture us, but only the living, active word of God can transform us. Amen. It is living, it is powerful, and it goes to work in our life when we read or hear it in faith, and we begin to experience the life-giving presence of God, and he reaches deep down inside of us. He touches the needs of our life. He answers the questions of our heart. He ministers peace. He ministers strength. He ministers wisdom. He ministers guidance to us, and he changes us to become who he's calling us to be all through the use of his word. The prophet Isaiah describes the scripture as a living messenger of God that accomplishes his purpose in our life. This is what he said in Isaiah 55, 11. God says, my word will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That's, God's word is powerful. I mean, just think back to the creation story. The Bible says, and the Lord said, let there be light. And there was light. Whatever he said, it happened. When God speaks, there is power for the accomplishment of whatever God intends and desires to do in his very word. Hallelujah. The, the writer of Hebrews also described the scripture as sharper than any two-edged sword that cuts us right down the middle to expose our true motives, insecurities, and doubts. Because when we read the Bible, it reads us. It searches the depths of our inner being, and it reveals the weeds that have crept in so that we can uproot them with the help of God's Holy Spirit. When we study the Bible, we give God the opportunity to work in our hearts, transforming us from the inside out. He changes the inside and it will begin to change our words and our actions outside. An evangelist and preacher named Gypsy Smith once told of a man who said that he had read the Bible through and that he had gone through it several times and received no inspiration. So Gypsy Smith replied and said, instead of going through the Bible, let the Bible go through you, and then you'll tell a different story. Amen? Because if you read the Bible like any other book, it's not going to change you. But if you come to its pages with faith and an open heart, you're going to, be, you're going to experience the power of God's word in your life. We must not read the Bible like any other book just to glean facts and information. We must come to its pages in faith. We must come with an open heart that says, God, speak to me. I am waiting to hear from you. We must dig into its meaning, reflecting on what God is saying to us. We just read from Jeremiah 17, right? We read about this tree with deep roots. Now, some of you might have read that scripture verse before and thought, oh, that's nice, a tree with deep roots by the river bringing forth, you know, fruit. But how many of you really dug into it to understand what God was saying to you like we're digging into it now? Amen. God wasn't just talking about trees with deep roots. God was talking about us. He is talking to us about what we need to do 
to stand strong and live fruitful lives. So we need to dig in to the word of God, dig into its meaning, reflect on what God is saying to us and how it applies to our life, and it will change our lives. We'll find wisdom on how to cultivate healthy and happy marriages and relationships. We'll learn how to wisely raise children, manage our finances, deal with conflict, and find healing and freedom from the pain of our past brokenness. All of this is in God's word if you'll dig it out. Without the word of God, we are like someone taking a car trip to a place that they've never been without GPS. You don't have a map, you don't have GPS, and you're just shooting blindly to try to get where you're going. Okay, I'm heading to, to Oregon. I know it's kind of northwest from here. I'm just going to take off. And, and, and you're going to spend your time meandering across the United States, wasting time, wasting gas, and you may or may never get to your destination. And, and that's how most people live their life. They don't have any direction. The word of God is God's life map. It's God's GPS for us to guide us to make right decisions. We need to put down roots in God's word so we can find the wisdom we need to flourish and be fruitful in every area of our lives. So the first principle, to grow deep roots, we need the spiritual discipline of regularly studying God's word. Second principle, spiritual disciplines root us in godliness. Spiritual disciplines are those practices found in scripture that promote spiritual growth. And this includes both personal and corporate practices. So things that we do alone that help us to grow spiritually, and things that we need to do together as a church that help us to grow spiritually. So we need to develop spiritual rhythms in our life that are consistently connecting us to God. We don't just wake up one day as healthy and whole people who are living Christ-honoring lives. We don't. It's a process. We need a cons just like a consistent diet and, and, and exercise are necessary for physical health and well-being, consistent prayer, consistent reading and studying the scripture and other spiritual practices are essential to our spiritual health and well-being. Paul wrote about this to Timothy who was a young leader in the church and in 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, God said, train yourself, train yourself to be godly. Physical training or some versions say physical exercise is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in this life to come. You know, some people, they never miss a day working out, right? And, and they may look great physically. I work out every day, but it so, somehow has not had an outward impact on me. But hallelujah, anyhow. <laughs> At least I'm in good health, amen? <laughs> I don't take any medicines, and I don't have any sicknesses to the glory of God. But anyway, uh, some people will work out every day. They don't miss a day. They look great. But you know what? One day, no matter how much they work out, if Jesus doesn't come back, that body is going to go in the ground. So exercise only has benefit for this life. But spiritual exercises have benefit in this life and in the life to come. So Paul was teaching Timothy how to root himself in the things that really matter. Things that have an impact on his life here on earth as well as in heaven. Paul called it training. Training. Just like an athlete has to go through training. 
Just like someone who wants to be physically fit and develop strength and endurance, they have to carve out and set aside time to get to the gym and to work out. Because if you don't set aside time, it's never going to happen. I found out for me, exercising has to be one of the first things, along with my prayer and devotion, one of the first things I do in the morning. Because if I let the day start off, and I'll get to it later, I'll get to it later. And by the time I'm done working, and by the time I'm done making dinner, the only thing I want to do is crash in my easy chair. <laughs> and I never get around to exercise. So I've had to make a discipline of exercising every morning and a discipline of praying and doing my devotions in the morning because that too, if I don't set that side of time aside, I'll get up with the busyness of the day and that won't get done either, amen? So Paul calls it training and we have to discipline ourselves. It's not always fun. You don't always feel like it. I don't always feel like exercising. But you know what? Sometimes I'm tired, so I'm going to do it anyhow. Once I start exercising, it energizes me. Yep. The same is true spiritually. Sometimes I don't. Ooh. Oh, the pastor said what? Don't say that, Pastor. The pastor said what? <laughs> Sometimes I get up in the morning, I'm tired, and I'm like, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading the Word. But you know what? I'm going to do it anyhow. And once I start doing it, the spirit starts to rise up inside of me and spiritually energizes me. Amen. How many of you know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes I don't feel, feel like coming to church. You know, sometimes I have a heavy Saturday. For ministers, Saturdays can be heavy. The other day we went to a funeral and it was like four hours long. So I, I had uh, ministry here at the church in the morning, left from here, and then went to that funeral. I got home like 5 o'clock in the afternoon after a full day, and then I had church the next day. And sometimes you wake up and you're tired. But you know what? Something I've noticed, no matter how my body feels, and I'll tell you something, sometimes last year when I was going through what I was going through with my mom, where she was paralyzed from the neck down, and I was her primary caregiver for three months before we got help in, her, in our home for the last two months. It was a lot. I was working full time in ministry. I was taking care of my mom, not only the physical uh, strain of that, but the emotional strain of that. And I'll be honest with you, there were times I didn't feel like coming and preaching. But you know what? I prayed, gave it to the Lord, yes. and said, God, you do it through me. Yep. And you know what? He was faithful. Amen. Because every time I came, God moved. Amen. People were still getting saved, getting Amen. filled with the Spirit. And, and, and as I ministered unto the Lord, I received ministry Amen. from the Lord. So folks, sometimes it's not fun. It takes dedication. It takes commitment. But you know, just like with exercise, the pain is worth it. Woo because of the results that come from consistency. And the same is true in developing spiritual strength and godly muscles, amen, muscles of faith. We must make a point to create space for God in our lives. We must set aside time, personal time, for prayer, for studying the word, as well as setting aside time for participation in church services where we are taught the word of God, where we pray for one another, and we are building a network of spiritual relationships that can help to encourage us and help us to weather the storm. It's not always easy or fun. It might cost free time or sleep. I know when the alarm goes off on Sunday morning, sometimes you feel like attending bedside assembly of God rather than new life assembly of God. You would rather listen to Pastor Pillow than Pastor Maria. But you're not going to get as much out of it. Amen. Hallelujah. 
You know, when I first started going to the gym several years ago, I got on, on the elliptical machine. How many of you know the wonderful elliptical machine? And to my surprise, I was more out of shape at that time than I thought, because I did five minutes and I was dying. But after doing it several times a week, week after week after week, I kept building up, kept building up, kept building up until I was able to do 40 minutes, 45 minutes, amen. And it just built up and I got stronger and I got healthier doing. So the same happens spiritually. You know, we may not be able to do an hour of prayer and devotions when we first start. Some of you, you've been in the Lord for years and an hour passes by, no time you've prayed, you've, you know. But if you're just starting, don't say, I'm gonna pray an hour every day because you're not going to and you're gonna get discouraged. But say, you know what? I'm gonna set aside every morning or if at night. Some of you are better at night. I'm gonna set aside five minutes for prayer and five minutes to do uh, reading in his word. Start with that and then build from there. But just get into that regular pattern of doing it. Don't be embarrassed if you feel like you can't pray an hour or go deep in Bible study. Just start where you are and you will keep growing deeper. Training ourselves in godliness brings great benefit to us in all areas of our life. It will bring great benefit in our relationship with God. It will bring great benefit in our marriage. It'll bring great benefit in our family, in our finances, in our emotions, even in our physical health. And we will experience the benefits in this life as well as in eternity. So this week, I want to challenge you not just to listen to the message, but act on the message. How are we going to do that? I want to challenge you to commit 10 minutes a day to prayer and Bible study if you don't already have a regular practice of studying and praying every day. Just 10 minutes. I think everybody can do that. Amen? Amen. 10 minutes. If the morning's good for you, do it first thing in the morning. If at night's good for you, do it at night. But don't be like, Lord, no, I... You know, you, you got to do it when you're alert. Amen. So set aside 10 minutes a day to pray and do Bible study. And if you're not familiar with doing Bible study, choose one of the gospels. You know, choose the gospel of John. Start there and just read a few verses every day and say, Lord, speak to me. And whatever you sense jumping off the page to you, you write it down, reflect on it a minute and say, you know what, God, how does that apply to me? What are you saying to me? And journal that, write that down in a notebook. And then whatever God says to you, then pray it into your life. That's a great way to start. You can also use a devotion in the YouVersion app. It's free, download it on your phone or tablet. They got a bunch of devotions on there that are free. Start with one of those and do that every day. Start a prayer journal. Write down your prayers. That's a wonderful thing to do because afterwards you can look back. I go back in my journal sometime. I was going through one the other day and it was like five years ago and I read it and I was like, God, you did exactly what I asked you to do. You know, and so it, it really helps you to see how God has worked in your life. It's a wonderful tool to use. But, you know, whatever time works best for you, morning or night, but you know that you can give God that undivided, do what works for you, but carve out time daily to train yourself for godliness. Amen? But the first step to living a life of godliness is to trust Christ as our Lord and Savior and repent of our sins. Because we have all sinned, 
And the Bible says sin has broken our relationship with God. We are estranged from God when we are in our sin. And that's the whole reason that he sent his son Jesus to live a sinless life and to offer that life on the cross to pay the penalty of sin that we deserved so that now when we place our faith in him and repent of our sins and the word repent simply means to make an about face a u-turn and say god i recognize i've been heading in the wrong direction been living life my way and that leads to destruction i ask you to forgive me and i turn to you i want to live for you now and I invite you to come and live inside of me and help me to live a life that's pleasing to you. When we do that, the moment that we do that, Jesus says that we're born again. We're made spiritually alive and we are brought into relationship with God. And that is the beginning of a lifelong journey of learning to live for and love God. And so I wanna call you today and give you an opportunity today if you have not yet given your heart to Jesus, or maybe you did so several years ago and you drifted away and you can feel God pulling at your heart saying, you need to come back. I wanna pray for you. So would you bow your heads with me? And if you would say, pray for me, pastor, I wanna come to Jesus. I want to be forgiven of my sins and I want to have a relationship with God. Or maybe you'd say, pastor, I gave my heart to Christ years ago but I know I need to come back. Please pray for me. If that's you, you wanna to come to Jesus or come back to Jesus and you say, pray for me, pastor. Would you just slip your hand up and you can put it right back down. Pray for me, pastor. I wanna to come to Jesus. Thank you for that hand. Or I wanna come back to Jesus. Anyone else? Just slip your hand up. Thank you for that hand. Anyone else? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. For those of you that raised your hand, I'm gonna ask you to say a simple prayer. It's not my prayer, but your heart sincerely talking to God. And God is gonna do exactly what you ask him to do. Church, pray this prayer along with these that are praying it for the first time this morning. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. And I believe that you love me so much that you died for my sins. Today, I repent. I've been living life my way. I turn away from that and I turn to you in faith. I confess that I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I invite you to come live inside of me and help me from this day forward to live for you. In Jesus name, amen, amen. Praise the Lord if you prayed that prayer, amen. We congratulate you on making the best decision of your life, and we welcome you to the family of God. We want to help you grow in your newfound faith by helping you understand the prayer you just prayed and the steps to take to keep growing. So we want to send you free of charge a little e-booklet, but to do that, we need your email address. So if you would, just text your email address to the number on the screen, and a little later today, we will send you free of charge this little e-booklet. But once again, congratulations on making the best decision of your life. For those of us who have already accepted Christ, I want to encourage you, uh, if you don't already have a daily practice of praying and reading God's word, I want to encourage you to start by committing 10 minutes a day to prayer and Bible study. Just 10 minutes a day. As I said, you can choose one of the Gospels, go through that, start a devotion on the YouVersion app, uh, start a prayer journal, however you want to do it and do it at your best time. If it's morning, if it's night, do what works for you, but make a commitment to set aside 10 minutes daily to start training yourself for godliness. And if you're already doing more than 10 minutes a day, God bless you, that's wonderful. Then recommit this morning to keep it up, amen? 
but let's all commit ourselves to training in godliness. So if you would say this morning, I want to commit myself or I want to recommit myself to spending time daily in prayer and in God's word because I want to grow deep roots spiritually. If that's your heart's desire, would you stand to your feet? Amen. And just slip out to this altar just for a few moments. I think there's something important about taking that walk to this altar and saying, God, I'm making a commitment to you. So would you just step out and make your way down to this altar? Hallelujah. And I just want you to speak to God from your heart. You know where you're at spiritually. You may just be starting out and you're making that commitment for 10 minutes. You may have a, a well-established pattern of prayer and God's study and God's word, and you're just recommitting to that. Whatever it is, you talk to God from your heart and you make a commitment to him today as I pray over us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person standing at this altar. I thank you, Lord, that they have opened their heart to hear your living and powerful word and allowed it to change their hearts so much so that they have a desire inside of them to go deeper in you by making a commitment, Lord, to prayer and Bible study every day. Father, at whatever level we are, we say today, I make a commitment to set aside time daily, be it 10 minutes or 15 minutes or however long we, we are able. We make a commitment today to set aside time daily for prayer, and for the study of your word. And we will not allow anything to come along and distract us from that, Lord God. Help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to live this commitment out to you because we know that as we do, it's gonna change our lives and we're gonna grow deep spiritual roots in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.